need to feed my spirit. I was once a king. You are a spectre from the gods. Walk with me. All right, you're listening to Wait You Were Mormon with Devin Brown. I'm your host, Devin Brown, and for episode 10, we've got the lovely Dustin Chafin. He's a New York City-based stand-up comedian. He's been on shows like HBO's Crashing. He has a podcast called I'll Leave You With This with Dustin Chafin, and you can find out more info at DustinChafin.com. Uh, we talk about a lot of interesting stuff like his conversion in the late 80s, his mission to Chile in the early 90s, um, and how he found a new community um, after leaving a church in stand-up comedy. Once again, uh, you guys can find me at Wait You Were Mormon uh, podcast on Instagram. You can reach out at waityouwaremormon at gmail.com. And if you like what you're hearing, find us on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment and review. All right. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. All right. Well, I guess uh, just jumping into it, uh, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and you know what you hope to bring to the podcast today? The podcast today, I hope to bring everything. Um, I'm Dustin Chafin. Um, I'm originally from Texas. I um, live in New York City now. I've been a comedian here for almost 20 years. And uh, my story starts in Texas. And um, if you want to jump into the Mormon experience, um, nobody in my family is Mormon. Um, I am a convert. Um, I dated a girl in high school who was a Mormon and she was this beautiful girl from Utah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think she was the only virgin in high school. So that was, I think that's what drawn me to the whole situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of slutty girls in Texas. Um, So yeah, I started kind of hanging out with uh, these Mormon girls and these friends. And uh, you know, I remember uh, there was this underage nightclub, like on Sundays or Saturdays or something. Certain nights they would do like under like, 18 or whatever so a lot of us in high school we'd all go out there and dance and stuff yeah and i remember uh kind of noticing these mormon girls and whatever Mm -hmm. and we just kind of all started hanging out and and yeah that was kind of my first experience to kind of like just mormonism was through this girl and i remember uh um all the the guys some some guy was like yeah man that girl's hot but she's weird man she's like a a quaker or a mormon Mm -hmm. or something i don't know she has to go to just go to like uh uh, Sunday school every day before school, like at mm. five o'clock in the morning, and we were like, "What the? What is that? Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> so, so she would. Uh, what is that? Seminary? Yeah, seminary. Early morning seminary. seminary. So she would go to seminary like five a.m. and like every morning, and like so all these things started kind of you know as I started getting to know this person and all her friends, there was like about two other girls that were Mormons, and uh, yeah, I started kind of in, you know, being introduced to this world of Mormonism in high school and uh we were all kind of just you know kind of hearing bits and pieces and then you know kind of like learning the process through them about what it was like to be a mormon and these you know these girls were in texas and you know the late 80s and you know it's a lot different you know um than obviously being in salt lake or something like that so Mm -hmm. you know they were kind of they kind of stood out they were kind of the minorities if you will believe Mm -hmm. it or not in in a place like texas because everybody's methodist or christian regular you know catholic like mormon it was very like we had never been around any mormon people so um so yeah so we started kind of hanging out and i dated her for a while and whatnot and uh 
you know, and then, uh, you know, just like every Mormon girl that dates a guy who's not Mormon, eventually it comes to an end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> there's that guilt factor that yep. ends up happening that uh, they need to, you know, be with a Mormon guy. And uh, so we kind of had a rocky breakup and stuff. And and uh, I, it was weird, I think, to spite her. I was like, you know what, maybe I'll become a Mormon. That'll you know, that'll that'll be the ultimate revenge. And so I kind of started listening to the missionaries and we started kind of like clicking and like talking about the, you know, the discussions and all that stuff. And then her and I were kind of on in and on and off and whatever. And I was trying to impress her by being Mormon or whatever. Mm. And uh, so we kind of sort of got back together and then I became a Mormon. I got baptized, but it was kind of one of those things. We weren't being good Mormons, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. We were kind of living together and stuff like that. And so it wasn't really quite whatever. And then I, uh, we kind of broke up and then I met this other girl her family was, they were Mormon, but they were kind of Jack Mormon. They didn't go to church and stuff. So basically, um, the whole thing was about me getting on track because my whole situation was my parents were kind of like opposite of Mormon. They were mm. like, they smoked weed when I was a kid. They were always drinking cocaine, like parties. My dad was never home. So it was kind of this broken family thing. Mm-hmm. And so once I started taking, you know, taking it in with the missionaries and the Mormon families, I think I was drawn to that family structure that yeah. I never had as a kid. And I think that's how they kind of get you in when you're a convert, oh, you know, it's like you're sitting there, they're eating dinner there. Nobody's yelling at anybody, you know, he's crying. Mm-hmm. Like we're just having meatloaf and talking about your day. And so all that stuff started happening. And so long story short, I get baptized, everything. I'm a Mormon and then we kind of break up and then everything. And I, and then I'm with another girl's Mormon, her family. And, uh, and then the whole thing is like, how do we get Dustin on the right path? Like, how do we kind of whatever? And then that's when the Mormon missionary thing started kind of kind of coming into to play, mm-hmm. where it's like I was meeting all these missionaries. I felt like they kind of it was a way for them to kind of like experience the, another life, helping people mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so it really was intriguing. And then I saw this video that the church had out called uh, Return Missionary. Mm-hmm. And it's this sappy, like, you know, uh, missionary propaganda yeah absolutely <laughs> they have this guy have you seen it you know um, about? that one i haven't seen yeah. but that's the protocol yeah. for yeah. everything that's put out <laughs> so, so this video is i mean it's like this guy he doesn't want to leave and he ends mm-hmm. up going on a mission and he comes back and his life is better and so i got hooked on this thing and then next thing you know i decided i was going to be a missionary and uh, I was only a member for a year because you have mm. to be at least a year and then you can actually do this. Mm. And so the church I was going to, they decided to fund me and like back me and all this stuff and sold my motorcycle, sold my Jeep. I like I, I gave as much money as I could of myself and mm. the church, the church took care of the rest of it. And uh, so, yeah, so that was kind of the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put my papers in and I remember um you know, I, I had an interview with the uh, bishop uh, and the branch president, or what do you call that? Bishop, what is the guy? Stake president. Stake president. Mm-hmm. Uh, stake president and like having my real thing. And then there was some kind of controversy about my chastity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's so funny because they they sometimes they look that over a little bit because they're like, you know, we really need guys being missionaries. So it was kind of a, I really shouldn't have gone, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. So, but I think they just wanted to get me out. So yeah. they're like, all right, let's do this. 
And so, and I remember the guy saying, do you speak any languages mm. besides English? And then I remember thinking in my head, it's like, man, if I just say English, they're going to send me to fucking Idaho. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I go, I speak a little Spanish. You know, I took one class in high school and the guy goes, oh, that's great. It's like, mm. he speaks Spanish and what of thing. So. You look like rock. you would speak Spanish. Yeah, I got a little mix. I'm like Native American. Like I have a lot of there's some there's some mixed blood going on. It. Same with you as well. Mm, I see a lot of yeah. a lot of mishmash going on there. Exactly. <laughs> um, before we jump into uh, getting yeah, your call and stuff, sure. I do have a couple questions because um, you're sure, the only uh, you're only the second convert I've had on so far. Perfect. Um, and I yeah. know people are pretty curious about that, but I also know um, you have at least a, it says Choctaw Nation on your uh, yes. profile. Yes. So yeah. back in the late 80s, because they've changed some things, the church, their image, um, you know, the teachings about like Native Americans and stuff were a little mm. different. Did they yeah. approach or oh, cover yeah. any of that in the missionary lessons? Absolutely. Uh, God, what are those? It's been so long since I've picked up scripture. What is it? The Lamanites? Mm -hmm. Lamanites. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That whole angle like really turned me on. I was just like, because I, you know. Um, just anything that was like Native American, mm -hmm. anything that would kind of drawn into that whole thing. And the idea that, you know, why wouldn't God talk to people, mm -hmm. you know, in, in this part, this continent, as well as the other part of the world. And so, you know, uh, that was definitely intriguing to me that, mm -hmm. that uh, that's how you start to make sense with it. Like yeah. things like that, where you're just like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't he like, why, you know, why is this part of the country Middle East? And then why wouldn't, you know, so you start to kind of rationalize that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think that when I was taking the, the discussions of that was something that kind of like, you know, made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and that's, you know, and it, that's how the missionaries kind of they, they try to kind of cling on to something and then. And then yeah. when you're excited about it, they keep they keep that angle on it. Mm. So, yeah. So that was a huge deal. I really thought that was kind of something that piqued my interest. It yeah. was easier to it was easier to lock onto that than mm. the Joseph Smith story. Yeah. You know, because Joseph Smith story, it was always something that I had to force myself to believe. OK. You know, I had to force myself that this, you know, was like, OK, like, and they, you know, you watch it, tons of videos and, you know, they, they have all this, this stuff on it and you try to. You know, you try to believe it. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so when I was going through the discussions, I bet you've never had this. So when I was going through the discussions, my father would have preachers come over to my house mm -hmm. and I was living with my dad and I'd come home from school and there'd be a preacher in a suit just with a Bible open waiting to pretty much challenge me yeah. on any sort of like scripture uh, battle, mm -hmm. you know? So <laughs> it was like, I'm just a high school kid yeah. and I got this this old preacher guy just like this is you know this is a cult and like all this mm -hmm. stuff and then my dad would have he'd buy all these books i come home and there'd be just this anti-mormon book here and this video here and you know it was like um my father really fought me on mm -hmm. the you know kind of the ideology of being a mormon and kind of like the doctrine and everything and so so yeah so that was that was what was happening while i was learning all this stuff mm -hmm. so it was i was really fighting with my family on it yeah my, my father just just i mean he didn't buy it at all he just knew it was a cult mm -hmm. he just knew it was some made-up shit he knew it was mind control and uh yeah, so that was that was something that I had to kind of work through. It was really it basically came down to it, the relationship mm. with my father or the Mormons. Yeah. You know. And I, mm. uh, you know, I chose the Mormons. Mm. I was like cuz it just cuz I had kind of a weird childhood, so I felt yeah. like 
I needed, I needed a change a little, in my life. A little more structure and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so that's, you know, and that's the thing when you're a convert, it's like, you know, the church too, it's like, they feel like it's a win because the whole, the whole model of the church is converts. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, it's really, you know, the idea of the mission and everything and just, just, you know, just, just getting people that aren't from Utah and stuff, like it's mm-hmm. a really huge thing. So, so yeah, so all that was kind of happening, um, you know, with the whole church thing. And, and uh, so I sent in my papers and uh, my, where I uh, got my calling, this is an interesting story, where I got my calling was uh, probably one of the most beautiful places in the world, uh, the Canary Islands in oh, Spain. Okay. Like that's where I got my mission call. And it was like so freaking exciting. I was mm-hmm. like, this is amazing. I was like, you know, I'm going to Spain. I've always wanted to go to Spain. Uh, this is in the Canary. I did all this research in the Canary Islands. And it's like this just beautiful place. They have like the, you know, Salvador Dali, uh, Bull Arena. They have all this stuff. It just, you know, I was just so excited. I couldn't be more excited. Like the whole thing was just like, yes, you know, it's not like downtown Detroit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, or like Kentucky <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Where, where did you, where did you start? Um, I went to Ghana and West Africa. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Before I put in my papers, everyone was like, oh, you're going to go to Africa because you're black, man. And then I opened it up. <laughs> And it's like, damn, you guys, you guys were actually right. That, that kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, They're like, oh, we can't waste dude. this opportunity. Yeah. Let's get them out there. Yeah, being a black dude, that's got to be a weird thing, too. Mm. I mean, my pigmentation, uh, I get pretty pale in the winter, which is good mm. for me when it comes to Mormon racism. So I, was, I wasn't treated <laughs> much differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, so, but I could see, yeah, and that's what I have a big problem now with all that stuff, you know. Uh-huh. Um, now, when you're out of it, you look back and you're like, what the fuck with the priesthood thing and yeah. the 70s, all that stuff. So, yeah, that stuff is definitely, um, when you're out of it, it's, it's easy to look in. But when you're in it, it's like, you know, it depends where you are in your life. With me, it was like, it was either be a Mormon or like join the Navy or something. Like mm-hmm. I needed to do some life changing thing because mm-hmm. I didn't want to wind up in Texas, you know, working some bullshit job. And so I just wanted to do something big. And I figured it was easier to get out of Mormonism than the Navy. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, not so true, actually. <laughs> it's kind of hard to get. Out yeah, of yeah. They'll harass you. <laughs> they, they keep coming, man. Um, so, yeah, man. So I, so I got here. This, and you're going to love this. So I get, I get the call, right. And, uh, to, to Canary Islands, very mm-hmm. excited. And, um, I get everything ready, you know, that, and, and the whole, the whole prep up to the mission is great. You know, you're just, you get in your suits and mm-hmm. your rock ports and your ties and, you know, everyone's so excited shirts. for you. Yeah. It's a send off, mm-hmm. you know, it feels, you know, especially if you're around enough church people, it's, you know, it's, it's really about just having an audience and that's mm-hmm. your audience and they're happy and they're excited for you. And so, so yeah, so all that buildup is, is great. So, um, and you know, I had a good experience at the missionary training center. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how yours was. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, great to be around that many other missionaries going out to do the same thing I was doing, you know, I felt like there was a camaraderie there. Mm-hmm. You know? Were you at the Provo MTC? Yeah, Provo. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I went to. Uh, they have one in Ghana, 
for uh, oh, a lot wow. of the African Skinner. missions. So I went straight there, just caught a flight directly there. Jeez, yeah. Oh, no. Wow. So it was yeah, all Ghanaian a- food, like African food, just right out the Ooh. gate. Yeah, that's intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we were like, yeah, we were like, just, it was like chill time almost. Mm-hmm. We were like trying to, you know, learning Spanish. It was all these missionaries. It was like, you know, female missionaries. Like every, mm-hmm. it was, a, it, was it almost felt like a, you know, BYU almost, you know, like it was an energy that was, was a, a good prep energy before mm-hmm. you did this. Wow, that's crazy. They sent you straight there. Yeah, straight well, there. Well, that's wild and how were you with the language is that tough that had to be um in difficult. ghana the official language is english so they don't oh, even bother to teach you like any of the dialects and so oh, you go well, to the field and you're like oh it's gonna be cake and then um, when you're actually in your area especially if you're in a more remote village it's like oh we didn't go to school we don't speak english and then so now you can't <laughs> communicate because you don't you didn't bother to learn what they speak, and they Jeez can't. Louise. You know, so you have to walk around with members of the church to act as translators, and you pick up stuff here and there, but not enough to ever really engage in a meaningful conversation. Yeah, that's rough. Mm-hmm. Did you have Did you have um, companions that were locals, or uh, my trainer was that? a local? So okay. that helped, but then you're just sitting there while he teaches the whole lesson, and you're like, "What am I, yeah, doing? Oh, why am I here? What am I doing all day?" And none of this makes sense. You, you just, just say the prayer, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or you try to like, oh, I'll memorize a testimony in the language, and then I'll just triumphantly yeah. come out blazing with that to contribute. Um, but when you're two like American guys walking around, yeah. and you're just like, you know, people want to talk to you because you're a spectacle. Oh but, sure, but, or, or sell you something. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> One yeah, two. So that's wild. Um, so yeah, so my thing was is like so. So I joined the missionary training center. We you know we learned Spanish, how to manipulate people, and, you mm-hmm. know all that stuff, build relationship of trust, and all that stuff. You know, and uh, so it was it was fun. And then there's a the thing that happened that was really freaking weird. So, so yeah, so so I'm like, okay, um, everything's going. I'm going to Canary Islands. Everything's cool. And then apparently they had some some problem with my visa like it didn't come in or something happened with my passport something was going on with like my papers to go out of the country Mm. and so they like so what they were doing they were sending missionaries stateside which i don't know if you've heard that they do that sometimes to wait on your the wait to go on your your mission yeah i've had a couple in my wards and stuff yeah Mm. so you go stateside but usually probably 90 percent of the time they send you stateside that's nowhere near your hometown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Salt Lake or, you know, Missouri or wherever, California. Mm-hmm. They sent me back to my hometown. Oh. And as a missionary, I'm literally 15 minutes away from my mom, oh, all my friends from high school, like everybody. And I'm like on a bike like, what's and Dustin with a tie. <laughs> yeah. And I and meanwhile, before all that, I'm long haired motorcycle mm-hmm. guy. So it's like just the opposite of a Mormon missionary. So I was in my hometown for like uh, probably like four, maybe almost like a month and a half, like mm-hmm. maybe longer. It might've been a little longer than that, but it was like just in my hometown. My mom saw me. I know she's not supposed to. She was just like yeah. honking the, in the parking lot, you know, the apartment that we were in. And yeah, the whole thing was really weird, man. It was like this. Uh, and this is going to get real weird here in a second. So, um, so I'm, you know, waiting in Texas and, uh, you know, it's my first missionary experience in the field, 
uh, proselyting, you know, and, and with this, you know, and it's funny when your first missionary companion is really kind of like, you know, it's, it's this huge thing for you because mm. you just don't know anything about what's going on. And this guy was like one of those burnouts that was like had a month left. Oh, real chunky. Didn't wanna, yeah, <laughs> didn't want to, didn't want to proselyte, didn't want to do the dishes, didn't want to, you know, just one of those loser dudes. Mm. And so, and I was all eager, like, I'm a convert. I'm, I'm going to do I it. Have, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know, book of Mormon mentality, mm. you know, and, um, it was, yeah, it was like ridiculous and stuff. And so anyway, so while I was in stateside, I ended up getting sick and, uh, I had some like, uh, like a prostate problem. Like I was like, you know, wasn't, mm. it wasn't looking good, man. So, so I had to go to the doctor and I was having all these problems and prostate problems and stuff. And then uh, the doctor told me, he's just like, and it's so funny. He's like, so yeah, you got some prostate problems. And the only way to get rid of it is you're going to have to masturbate a lot. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, and I was like, you know, I'm a Mormon missionary, mm. right? And they were like, it, it's, it's like, oh, I don't care. It's like, you got to like, you got to clear the tube. Mm. <laughs> so ask your companion yeah. nicely. and. <laughs> So I literally like had to bring this up with the zone leaders and I'm like, you know, I'm brand new missionary. Mm. I'm not even supposed to be in this mission. I'm waiting to freaking go to Spain. I'm like, what is happening? And um, so I have to tell, you know, I had to tell somebody because I was just going to get caught jerking off and it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know, I told the zone leaders and then they had to tell the, the, the mission president. And then it went all the way to Salt Lake. Mm. Like it, it became this whole thing. Like it was like the, you know, they had to send it to like, you know, probably the, uh, the 12, like it, it went all the way to Salt Lake. And it was this whole thing where they had to kind of see, this was a dilemma. Like, is it like, you know, this is for his health, but this is like against God. And like, it was this whole thing. And I had to wait to hear back from like mm. you know the the council or whatever the 12 and it was like a from salt lake and get permission to just jerk off <laughs> so i could be healthy <laughs> so i'm just waiting and then the people are finding out about it so the missionaries mm. are like what's up with this dude this convert like what are you, what are you like, making up you know? stories yeah. to <laughs> masturbate yeah. if they had enough faith it would just go away on its own exactly oh they got they tried to pray it out of me let me tell you i got so much oil on my head yeah they were they were anointing me every night and uh yeah it was a whole thing so eventually uh i actually got permission you know and then it was like that was weird and you know it was just like a, that been, had a know, weird time thing. limit on it yeah <laughs> all right man 30 seconds <laughs> or less <laughs> they're like aren't you well by now no man i gotta keep nah. going so, <laughs> so that, that was just the most bizarre thing and so <laughs> it was just this weird thing and uh so i finally get better i start everything's okay and i start to get a little better and you know i'd stop you know whatever and stop beating off and you know got the holy spirit back in me and um and so they get a call and they're like hey your visa's here and uh you know you're ready to go and i was so ready i was like so tired of running into people from freaking high school with my with my name tag and my tie i was so sick of being like had my parents it was kind of nice to see my mom i wouldn't have Mm. seen her otherwise so that was kind of nice but it was so hard because you know you're not going to see them so it was like this whole thing and so i so they take me to the airport and i'm like this is freaking awesome i'm finally out of here i'm going and then they give me my ticket and the ticket says santiago chile 
And I was like, whoa, wait, hey, man, I'm going to the Canary Islands. I don't know. What's this? And they're like, no, man, you're going to Santiago, Chile. And I'm like, no, man, I'm going to the Canary Islands. It's a little island off the coast of Spain. And they're like, no. And apparently just out of nowhere, they just switched my mission. Mm. And nobody told me. Nobody gave me a heads up. Nobody, like, said anything. And so I'm at the airport thinking I'm going to Spain and I end up having to go to Chile and I'm just finding out about it while I'm about to board the plane. Mm -hmm. So it's just the weirdest feeling because you're just like, well, at least it's not Detroit, but Mm -hmm. still, I mean, what is happening? You know? So that was really weird, man. I mean, I was weirder than having to jerk off, you know, but it's like, I think you were being punished. Like you did it one too many times for, for sport (laughs) instead of health. (laughs) I guess. But uh, so, yeah, so I get on. I finally get over it. I'm calling people. I'm trying to, like, figure it all out. And like, I can't believe this. It was like a whole thing. I tell my mom, my mom's confused anyway. She doesn't even know why I'm doing this. And she's like, what do you mean? She thought I was going to Spain. Now I'm going to Chile. Where the hell is he really going? You know, you know, she's all freaked out. She has no reference to this thing. And so she doesn't know. And so, yeah, man. So I end up. um you know, flying into Chile and Santiago and, um, you know, it was just the most surreal thing to just have, you know, your flight changed like that last minute and your whole mission changed. And it was the weirdest thing. So I, you know, I get there and, you know, it's like, it's a, it's cool experience. You know, you, you start to kind of get you, you know, I kind of got over the fact that I I wasn't going to be in Spain. I mean, Mm -hmm. You know, Chile's cool too. You know, it was like a, it was a, definitely a cool experience. And, you know, it was a, an interesting place. The people are beautiful and friendly. And, you know, they, they embrace the Mormons pretty well out there. I mean, everybody's Catholic, but a lot of times, you know, people will get baptized just so they could, you know, partake of the church and mm-hmm. get the free food and whatever, you know, whatever the church was offering, you know. A lot of times, but, uh, but I had a good mission. I was, uh, I was a good missionary, man. I was, uh, I baptized a lot of people. Um, I, you know, was hardworking, especially after that first mission missionary, I was like, I'm not going to be like this guy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so I, um, you know, just kind of like got in it and had a pretty good companion. The first companion in Chile was pretty cool. I was sick for a while in Chile too, but it was this time it was, you know, because uh, the water's bad and mm-hmm. the food is terrible. Worst food I've ever had in my life. The Chile you, you don't is like completos? Just horrible. Nah, man. It's just a hot I, dog. Is that what the, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, a hot dog with like mayonnaise a and dog. a bunch of weird stuff on. They, no, no, no. All, the, all that stuff on top of it's good. Mm. Okay. And uh, empanadas are pretty solid for the most part. But. You know, it depends on where you're at in mm-hmm. Chile. If you're in a poor place in Chile, then it's like, you know, the, the quality of that hot dog is going to be mm-hmm. pretty bad. I remember they being like mushy and stuff. I just, I just hated the food. And a lot of times we ate casuela, which is just like mm-hmm. a, a bone with like meat around it. And you had no idea what yeah. animal that was. And uh, it was, yeah, I didn't like the food. The food made me sick for a long time. So, um, but I eventually, you know, you get used to it or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I was in, um, I was in Santiago, uh, in the city for a little while. And then I ended up, uh, I worked in the office. I was Mm -hmm. the, uh, mission historian 
and uh, I kept the records of uh, you know all the wow. baptisms. I wrote a little like a uh, little magazine for the mission. Oh wow! You know, I got to be creative stuff, so I enjoyed it. I got to kind of like keep records of of uh, the mission and you know use a little of my creativity and mm. stuff. And so so yeah, so it was pretty cool for a while. And you know we're the only ones that had like a cell phone, and cell phone back then was like a like a it's like this is like a, a a car battery you mm. just put it on uh, put it on like a strap and then it had like a phone that stuck out this was like 91 like <laughs> or what year was this something like that about, about 90 yeah 91 mm. 90 and uh so yeah and we you know we had a car and everything so mm. it was cool we had fun and then you know we were like because we were the, it was like six of us you know mm. you have like you have like the uh, the mission leaders and then you have like the accountant and mm. you have the treasure, you know, all that, the other, other guys that were in the office that kept everything going, you know? And so, but we ate at McDonald's and the pizza hut. And so mm. we went to like a bodybuilding competition. We did stuff we weren't supposed to do. Like we did, we had, we, we had as much fun as we could mm. in the environment. You know, we had a nice apartment, like everybody was living in huts and shit. Mm. And so that was pretty cool for a while. Did you say in uh, like one or two areas, like for a long time, or were you moving around every transfer? We moved, we moved around quite a bit. It's probably, you might be in a place around maybe two to three months and okay. then send you somewhere else. I think that was about what it was. And so, so it was like, I was in a couple places uh, before the office and mm-hmm. then, and then, and then this happened. So there was, there was this thing where it was like, um, it's funny you would hear about this one place in the mission um and they always refer to it as the island and mm-hmm. it was um the easily de juan fernandez island and it was this little island off the coast of Valparaiso in chile and it was basically just you know it's like you know those easter island with the big heads yeah. and stuff like that that's mm-hmm. a little further out but this is like before that near the guadalupe's and stuff so it's a little a little small island mm-hmm. in the middle of freaking nowhere and then there was these two missionaries that were on it and we had never we never got to see them at any mission conference because it was so difficult to get to and from the island. And so we'd only heard about these missionaries that were stuck on this island and they were out there. And and, uh, you know, it was just like uh, it's like 200 people max mm-hmm. on this little island. And so, you know, I'd always heard about this island. We were always like and these two missionaries that were there and we, you know, we'd get postcards and stuff, but we never really saw them. And um you know, and eventually uh, they came back and I remember like I and I really wanted to go. I said, this sounds amazing. But since, you know, I wasn't able to go to the Canary Islands. Mm. And so I kind of nudged the mission president and he ended up kind of sending me out there. And I got to go out there with a missionary um, who I was in the MTC with. He was mm-hmm. like, a, so we, we were buddies. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the uh, East of the Juan Fernandez Island and uh, they this island's called the Robinson Crusoe Island. And uh, the reason they call it that is there was this guy, a real guy, uh, I think his name's Robert Sirclerk or something. And he was shipwrecked there okay. on this actual island. And for about like five years, he lived off the land. He like fished, he survived. And then he came back, he got rescued and came back to England. And he was like a big celebrity, this guy that was like the real castaway guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he inspired the novel, uh, Robinson Crusoe, Daniel, oh, cool. uh, yeah, the guy who wrote it. And uh, so, um, so yeah, so this is what this island came from. So it had mm-hmm. a lot of history or whatever. So, uh, so we go to this island and um, it's crazy, man. It's like, there's, I mean, you know, we live with a fisherman 
and uh, we ate lobster every day oh, wow. and fish and like it was just like fresh fish all the time you'd wake up in the morning there'd be seals on the rocks just barking and there was monkeys in the trees and stuff and you know it's like banana trees everywhere and it was it was cool man it was this beautiful beautiful place and to get to it you had to fly in like a like a small six passenger plane and then you had to have a jeep drive all the way down to the bottom and then you had to take like a like a boat you know to the main part of the island and so it was it was really difficult to get to and um you know it was it was just so cool it was a beautiful place but the problem was it was like um you're just literally stuck there and everybody had heard the gospel because yeah. there's no new people coming in. So, so they're like, yeah, we heard it, buddy. Like we, you know, there was no, and I, then I was a branch president. And so I was basically your, your Bishop, if you mm. will. And so I, I ran the church. Like I, there was, I was the, you know, most powerful Mormon on the Island. And so I would uh, set up the Sunday school. I, I taught Sunday school and uh, I, you know, set up all the uh, sacrament meetings and um, priesthood meetings. And I made all the calls. I interviewed like married couples and stuff. Mm. There were a few people that, you know, I'm like, really? I'm, I'm yeah, like counseling a, a married like couple. A 20 year old you know. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. And so, um, but I enjoyed a lot of it. You know, it was pretty cool. I had some good experiences with it. It was just something, you know, it was wild. It was this whole crazy thing that I was it sounds like able you, to do. Uh, you missed an opportunity. You could have been like, you could have started your own splinter sect out there. I could have, I could have. Declared yourself a prophet <laughs> and a king of the island and done whatever you wanted to. That's the playbook. I was on my way. I think so. If I'd stayed a little longer. Yeah, yeah just never go home. So you, yeah. you have this great mission. Um, yeah. So how do you find yourself like getting out of the church? Okay, well, all right. So we do the mission. Um, um, we come back home, and um, uh, I decide um, I need to go to school. And I don't. You're pretty young, but um, there used to be this school in Rexburg, Idaho, called Ricks College. Mm -hmm. You've heard of it? Yeah, they turned it into a BYU. It's a BYU, yeah, um, just to make it sound better, because mm. Rick's College sounds ridiculous. <laughs> like Tom's There's University. Some random like. guy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I went there for a couple of, uh, one year, I guess. And um, I basically was, you know, I wanted to come to New York City. I, I wanted to pursue the arts. I didn't know quite what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe fashion design or something interesting, you know, something like that. And so I ended up, you know, kind of taking, you know, classes at, at Rick's and, uh, you, know, you know, clothing classes and stuff, which were great because it was just all girls in your class, you know, so it's like, it'd be like 30 girls in a clothing and textile class and then me. So I did that and uh, I found my way to Parsons in New York City, which is a big design school. And um, so I ended up coming to New York. And uh, but before um, I left, um, I participated in some extracurricular you know, kind of girlfriend activities. Uh -huh. And so I was kind of, you know, that was kind of my advice on the, on the way out. So yeah. it was kind of one of those things where you're just kind of like doing stuff you shouldn't be doing, mm -hmm. but then you're, but you're still kind of in the church. And I don't know if you went through this process where you're kind of like, you know, you're sinning, but you're, it's still a big part of your life. You know, like you're still going to church on Sundays, mm -hmm. but you know, you're, finger banging in the back of a car or something you know and you're yeah, you, <laughs> you're like, being like a normal person kind of yeah exactly oh, you're wow. being a regular yeah. 20 something that's a regular girl. dude yeah. 
but you but you're always dealing with that thing where mm-hmm. you're just like ah, i shouldn't be doing this so um so yeah so that was happening and then i ended up in new york and then by the time i was in new york and in new york was pretty cool because they had a singles ward and it was all the theater people and all the Juilliard people oh, yeah. and all the artists and all the actors and all the people. So it's a really cool singles ward. It was like all these really talented people. And so I really enjoyed it. It was the first time I did stand up was at uh, actually, I take that back. First time I did stand up was at, uh, at Rick's college. I did it on a talent show and uh, I got in trouble because I was making fun of like all the girls just trying to get married and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And so I ended up getting a talking to. But the second time I did stand up was in, in New York at the Singles Ward talent show. And uh, so, yeah, so I kind of just started, um, you know, slowly kind of just being a re- like you said. A re- and I like the way you put that being just a regular 20 something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I ended up kind of getting myself in some situations with chastity and stuff and. You know, and then I started slowly kind of doubting the entire thing. And um, it was always a struggle for me to kind of stay in the pocket with believing everything. Mm. Like it was always one of those things where it's like, you know, like the first time in the temple, you're like, what the fuck yeah. is this? You're like, what? Why am I naked right now? Like, what yeah. is this guy? You know, what is going on? Why am I wearing a chef hat? Like, what's going on? <laughs> What is up with this, with this movie? What is going So, yeah. So there was always, always those moments where I had to be like, ah, it's okay. This is cool. I mean, look, I'm in a, it got me to New York and, mm. you know, and I, I speak Spanish now and I got to, I got to be worldly and, you know, I could always find something that was positive for any doubt that I had. Mm. And, and then there is a thing that's, you know, if you, you know, when you pray it's the equivalent of meditation or whatever so Mm. you can convince yourself you're feeling something Mm. even when it's just how you feel when your eyes are closed and there's silence you know it's the same it's the same thing if you really analyze it but you but you you know can pinpoint it on something else like oh that's the holy spirit or whatever Mm. so i had all those moments where i would like be kind of sinful but then i would try to come back i'd be sinful and try to come back it was always kind of was back and forth for a while and then um and then one day it just kind of i just stopped stopped altogether um i ended up uh i don't know if i'm technically excommunicated but i you should definitely be. you definitely should be dustin listening to you <laughs> but they liked me they really did and they and i started doing comedy and they a lot of them came to my mm. uh, shows I tell you, when you're a bringer comic and you bring 30 oh, yeah. Mormons, boy, the club will keep booking you. They're like, why are they not buying drinks, Dustin? Our money's in the drinks. You've got yeah, 30 people, no drinks. Yeah, and the dirty comic bombs. Yeah. yeah um, so, yeah, but, you know, my stake president was really cool. And we kind of, you know, I admitted everything. I was messing around and whatever. And he said, take some time off and we'll kind of get back to it. And so I basically never went back for my excommunication thing or whatever because mm. i just didn't want to be i just the church was dear to me like it really kind of pulled me out of a place in my life and i didn't want to to associate it with a negativity and you know i think that was that's really what i was struggling with was like i don't want to hate the church i just want to like you know this is just not for me mm-hmm. and so being in new york and then i'm a comedian and then you know i kind of started drinking i started smoking weed i started you know, dating like a regular 20 year old male would and just kind of like just started a new life and was kind of 
in New York and taking advantage of those years where I was a Mormon because I was a pretty solid Mormon for probably you know four or five of those years almost six years and then so I was kind of making up for kind of lost time mm. so that's kind of you know that's kind of it wasn't some dramatic exit it was just kind of like yeah you know just started you know kind of slowly disbelieving and then kind of wanting to just have a regular life mm. yeah and definitely um when I started this podcast, like the goal was never for it to be like a negative or anti podcast with the church. Cause yeah. like you, know, I don't, I had animosity, but I, I don't have that animosity anymore. Um, and yeah. I find one of the best things to do obviously is like a physical separation, you know, like you move to New York city, you're getting a new environment. Um, but then also learning to like, just laugh at yourself a little bit and find humor like in those oh, yeah. situations, you know what I mean? Um, so as a comic, like you're leaving the church and then that's your community. Um, was it easier to leave finding this new community, like in comedy? Yeah, we all go from one cult to another, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that's, that's how life works. It's like comedy's definitely a cult. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a brotherhood for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's sisterhood or whatever, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it just took up my time and I had friends and, you know, and then my religion was getting better as a comic. Like I was trying to, trying to learn this craft. And so, yeah, so it definitely, that became my religion, stand up mm -hmm. comedy, you know, that's all I've ever thought about for the past, you know, two decades. So it's like, yeah, it just became, that's, that's, it was, it was good that I had that mm -hmm. because I felt like, you know, but, uh, but I, you know, I had some problems, you know, I was, ODing and drinking mm. too much and going out and do some bad things happen in my life. And, you know, I've been in recovery. I've been sober 12 years and, you know, I'm like one of those guys. And, you know, I think it, it helped that I had a little bit of that Mormon base. Mm. It helped me get sober and stuff. I knew that I could live without it and yeah. I have. And so, yeah, so it's like, you know, I was able to, and I draw from the Mormon experience when I can, you know, my father died about a year ago mm -hmm. and, uh, this is, it was one of those moments. I remember, um, after the funeral, um, I go over to my, um, stepmom's house and, you know, everybody's upset and everybody's, you know, just kind of in a really bad place. And then I go, you know, I'm going to go on the porch and hang out a little bit and may smoke a cigarette or something. I look over and these two missionaries are just walking down the street <laughs> and they're like, Hey, and I go, Hey, come over here, man. <laughs> and you know how they're, missionaries mm -hmm. when 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 people want them to come over they're so excited <laughs> there's like it's like literally almost ran over to me and i was like hey man how's it going i said you know i used to be you know a missionary and they were like oh you know i said you know my dad died today and so it was, you know it's like it's be nice to talk to you and so and so it was like a, you know it was as spiritual as i've gotten in, in very in a mm -hmm. long long time and it was like a moment where the church was you know I was able to connect to it in the way that I needed it in that moment. Yeah. I was talking to these young guys from, you know, Utah and the other guys from Idaho or something. And it was like, it was a nice, cause I remember, you know, telling missionary stories mm. and, and so it was like a, it was a, it was a, a cool moment. And so with me, it's like, that's what I use the church, you know, and not use, but you know, I'll, there'll be moments like that, you know, and whenever I see missionaries, I don't know how you feel, but I, I always get kind of excited. I always say hi to them and stuff. And, you know, I throw like... milkshakes and stuff at them. I'm very mean. I'm the opposite. <laughs> like, get out of here. <laughs> no, I, I always want to talk to them or say something, but I feel like you they're going to, I feel like they're going to be nah. nervous. Like, oh, this guy wants to make nah. fun of us or something. Nah. 
do it, man. It makes you, it's, it's seriously, it'll make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. And just be honest, be like, dude, I'm not, I'm not a Mormon anymore, but I used to be, I was a missionary. I just mm-hmm. want to say what's up and how you doing. And you know, it's, it's actually fun. It really yeah. is. I, I've only done it a couple of times. And when I do it, I'm glad I did because it's always some young kid. That's, mm-hmm. you, you know that look. When you see yeah. him, you'll be like, ah, oh, dude. This I guy's having look. a time. And, and they don't care because they just want to talk to somebody because, you know, it's not a door shut in their face. You know mm-hmm. how it is. Oh, yeah. So you're just like, you know, somebody, even a pleasant conversation felt like a good day as a, as a missionary. You know, just somebody being nice to you and talking to you more than five minutes felt like, you know, because there was so much rejection when you were trying to proselyte to people. Mm-hmm. That when people just, you know, treat you like a person for a second, like that was a huge day. You'd be like, oh, this guy, we talked for 20 minutes. He said he'll never join the church, but it was a good talk, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and they have a story for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'd recommend it, man. These guys, they won't be, you'd be surprised. I think the kids too are a little more hip than mm. they were with me. I mean, I think Utah is actually even hipper than it used to be. And people that, you know, that grow up Mormon sometimes are a little more, I don't know, a little more open to things mm-hmm. that most of their friends are, you know, like, you know, Jack Mormons or whatnot. So, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I like it. It just brings me joy to talk to somebody who's a 20 year old missionary. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, like, you know, as a comic, you mentioned uh, going through some dark times, like coming up and all that. Like, um, do you find that they're like, what's your process of kind of finding humor like in kind of these these darker places like for someone who is just kind of leaving the church and they're having a tough time with a lot of things like what's a way you think um that's kind of easy to you know learn to laugh at yourself yeah well absolutely i mean just the craft of comedy i was really uh, grateful to have it and to be able to kind of like even do some jokes about it and like you know the material and whatnot but yeah i mean you know, I think uh, you just kind of have to make that choice for yourself, like mm-hmm. what works. But as far as leaving the church is not easy, man. That's a tough one, and especially, you know, if you have family that's connected. It was easier for me because I was the only one that was Mormon. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a dad or a mom that was giving me shit about it. I mean, they were happy. They was mm-hmm. like, oh, finally, my kid's normal. He's like smoking cigarettes and drinking beer like he's like a regular kid mm-hmm. as opposed to this <laughs> other thing that I yeah. was for like so many years. So I think it really depends on your situation, mm-hmm. but I think you, it helps me to laugh at it. I always make fun of it, you know? And so, but I, but I, you know, it's just, you know, life, life is what it is. You take, you know, it's like, if, if it works for you, cool. And some people it really works for, mm-hmm. you know? And some people it doesn't, I'm more of a kind of a renegade kind of rebel guy. And it just, you know, and I feel and the more, and when it comes to spirituality, it's like, I give everything a chance. Like I don't, the problem I always had with the Mormons is like, we're the only true church. And it's mm-hmm. like, eh, so you can get a little piece of everything, you know, a little Hindu, a little Muslim, a little Catholic. You can put everything in a little, in a little ball and just see what works for you. And mm-hmm. I've always felt like, I didn't like the, uh, the fact that the Mormons were always like, we're the only one. And that's, that's what kind of slowly kind of pushed me back a bit. Yeah. It is a culture of, uh, it's a polarized culture of black and white, black and white thinking. You know, it's really, yeah. really uh, cultivates that kind of thought process. So I guess kind of what you're saying, like just uh, being open with life, you know, yeah, just being yeah. open to whatever comes. Yeah, definitely don't care any anger. You know, mm. it's like that's that that'll that's not going to help you at all. But uh, but yeah, just just be like, you know what? It was good for me then. And now I'm doing something else mm. is what it is. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And I know uh, nice. we're, we're getting close to six. You have some stuff going on. Um, yeah. Is there anything like in conclusion that you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug? Uh, sure. I, you know, it's, uh, in conclusion, I just want to say thank you for having me. This yeah, is absolutely. really cool. Um, I don't get a, uh, I get a lot of interview stuff, but I don't get anybody that really understands my world as, mm. as you know, as, as you do. And so it's really nice to, to, to tell, cause I've told pieces of the story, but never to somebody that really gets it. Mm. So it's, it's always another comic or a radio guy or something. So this is cool. So thanks for doing the show. I think it's great that you're, you know, finding people that, because uh, it's a bizarre little world, man. And like, I yeah. think this automatically connects us because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, to, to, to have gone through this and, and then not be in it is a whole nother thing. It's mm -hmm. one thing to just be in it and connect to people. Then it's another thing to be in it and then not be in it. And that's a whole nother group of people. You know that don't get a lot of um you know people don't usually reach out to those of us who mm. left the church or whatever like that's it's almost like a lost group of people yeah you know and so you don't you know and it's a and it, it's psychologically it's something you have to adapt and figure out and so it's like it's hard to explain to somebody unless they've been through it so mm -hmm. i think it's cool that you're doing this yeah, it's really you. cool and uh yeah i'm developing a one-man show i just recorded a new album um it's coming out soon um it's uh called still telling people that i actually did it on zoom yep. i did two shows it's gonna be a special as well and that's it should drop um on october 31st uh, halloween weekend i think we're gonna drop it and uh, i'm also working on a missionary show as well awesome um to, you know just kind of hopefully i'm hopefully hoping to do that one live and uh, with an audience and stuff but uh, yeah, man, and uh, you know, my you can check my podcast on Patreon. My uh, my girl, uh, fourteen years, she's a comedian as well, and we do we do we started a Patreon podcast, um, and uh, called "I'll Leave You With This." It was my original podcast, but we do it in the Patreon. It's basically uh, just coupling in a pandemic mm -hmm. and living in a small New York apartment and kind of a kind of that experience of dealing with all this madness. And, uh, you know, how we kind of stay together and how we keep ourselves sane as much as we can. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's, you know, and uh, it's great talking to you, man. Yeah, really yeah, cool. I really enjoyed it. And uh, thanks again you know, for coming on and sharing parts sure. of the story. And, um, you know, we're coming, this is right after a more vulnerable and kind of raw podcast. So it's good to, you know, <laughs> get a little laughter, get a little positivity going. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much raw stuff i mean it's like you know the jerking off thing was just I mean, that's about as but i don't you know it's like that nobody like casted me out and nobody you know it was just kind of like you know uh how did can i ask a little bit how you exited it was it yeah absolutely um so i started kind of having some doubts like on the mission um i came mm -hmm. across uh, like a, a doctrine and covenants uh, section about like Joseph Smith at Carthage and that I'd never really analyzed like kind of deeply, but I had the time like, you know, for once mm -hmm. and just uh, like learning more about him and like how he tried to jump out the window and, you know, that kind of tarnished the image of like a martyr that I had. I was like, well, martyr, you should just <laughs> openly kind of die. Like, why are you trying to escape and call for help and all that kind of stuff? So that just kind of planted yeah. a seed but I shook, I shook it off, you know. Mm -hmm. um, then I came home, and when I was getting released, um, I was expecting this whole, you know, ordinance, because when you're set apart, it's this whole thing. And when I was talking to the stake president, he was just like, yeah, you know, take your tag off. Took it off. 
uh, yeah, you're not a missionary anymore. Like you can get out of here. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, that's, that's it. And I just walked out just thinking like nothing really changed, but like him saying some words, but like, you know, I don't yeah. feel guilty for listening to music. I don't feel all of these things. So that just kind of triggered a, a more introspective take for me. And okay. you know, I'm from Florida. So when I went out to Utah for school, just nothing seemed to really be, uh, going the way I wanted it or needed it to be like the church wasn't yeah. really doing its job, I guess, in a sense. And I just kind of started it from there. I learned about this, uh, the CES letter, if you've ever heard of that. Mm. Um, thing. Yep, yeah. Started reading, um, some stuff about, um, this different church history issues and all that kind of stuff. And then that led to me experimenting a little bit. Like I won't pray and see what happens. Uh, well, maybe I will, yeah. I'll skip church this week and see how I feel. And yeah, from there, you know, so it's that gradual progression into being a, a normal dude. And, you know, now I'm on regular, yeah. <laughs> now I'm a regular guy doing regular things and life's, you know, life's good. That's great, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, one thing I will say, um, you know, being a comedian, I learned how to speak in front of people through yeah. the church. And I don't think I would have ever been able to do that. Um, you know, the fact that you have to, you know, you'll prepare a lesson for sacrament and sometimes you teach a Sunday school class or priesthood or whatever. And then being a missionary, talking to people all the time. Like I was such an introvert that it was, it really broke me out of my shell. And I think it's the reason I can do stand up is because mm. of that, those experiences. Yeah. I don't think I would have, I would have had them otherwise. It wouldn't have geared me towards wanting to do what I do. So, so I'll give it to that. But, uh, you know, it's nice to live with my girlfriend. We're not married and we can, you know, have do, sex do and have a good things. life and everything's fine. Yeah. Get rid of all <laughs> that, not, none of that guilt. Mm -hmm. Drink some coffee and, you know, get on with my life. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, well, dude. This is a lot of fun, man. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it. Um, and then uh, in the future, if you have some more stories you want to share, yeah, feel free to come on to for come a point, uh, 2.0. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to come back. That'd be a lot of fun. All I'll right. prepare something else. It'd be good. All right. Awesome. Well, I look forward to that, Dustin. Awesome. Thanks, All right. Dad. And good luck with you, uh, good luck with your apartment stuff, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Right. Take it easy. It. Bye. Bye, bye. Focal Point Podcast for the Focal Point Cinema and Sound Company.